0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on one of the all-time Scottish Cup shock sixth tier Darvel knocking out Aberdeen to progress to the fifth round but where does this leave Jim Goodwin? There's more ro- cup romance tonight Drum Chapel heading to Elgin and Todd Cantwell says he's ready to leave some scars behind and kickstart his career at Rangers I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Andy Halliday and Gordon Deal. We stood in here at the weekend, Gordon, and tried to work out between Mark Wilson, Hugh Keevans and myself where a Scottish Cup shot was going to come none from. Of you, none of you None of us were anywhere near it. But was it a shock last night? Because I'm sure everybody will agree, Darwell were absolutely brilliant. And Andy and I have a great night tonight because we're joined by the main man sitting to my right-hand side. Absolutely. You, you're, you've been relegated to third place, Andy Halliday. You just hold your tongue because let's bring in Darville manager, Mick Kennedy. You must have been the busiest man in Scottish football today, so we're delighted that you've taken the time. How's it feel? It's been a bit surreal, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, even the performance last night and obviously the magnitude of the result. Uh, it was a bit surreal driving home then. I've woke up this morning then the last eight hours has just been constant media interviews. It's been... It's been a bit unusual day for me. You saved the best to last, I'm Definitely. sure. I'm just glad he didn't say when I woke up this afternoon, Andy, because <laughs> yeah. I thought that might have told the story of, of how last night was. But just one of them where you, you just look everywhere today, the size of that. It's all everybody's talking about. It was remarkable. Incredible. Yeah, I mean, as I talked about predictions, I don't think many would have predicted it. Uh, you already see the chat going about today. Is it the biggest ever Scottish Cup shock? But listen, I know quite a lot of the players. I've, I know Mick, I know my little brother plays at that level. I know how good Davo are and, I think if you take the badges off the kits last night and you watch the game, there was only one side that looked like the SPL club. Come on then, 01419511025. I don't think in this show's long history it's ever started with Darville news before, let's be honest. But it is one of those nights, so let's do it. Any Darville fans out there who want to come and share the joy, maybe speak to Mick, put some points to him, please do it. And unfortunately, uh, on the other side of it, Aberdeen fans, how on earth do you feel tonight? What's, what's happening? How do you look back on that? The embarrassment, the frustration, the anger. Where does this leave the team? Where does this leave Jim Goodwin? All of the above and anything else you've got. 0141 951 1025. Of course, as, as busy as it will be for Mick, I'm sure that won't dominate the entire two hours. So if there's anything else out there, uh, Todd Cantwell spoken today. Uh, Rangers fans, we're going to hear from him for the first time. Celtic fans, you're coming to terms with Juranovic leaving. Will Jakimakis follow? What will come in the way? And uh, plenty more out there, I'm sure, with the transfer window about a week away from closing. So get in touch, whatever's on your mind tonight. Darvel, Aberdeen or anything else, 0141 951 1025. What have you made of everything else that's going on, Andy Halliday? Of course, your team are flying high. Flying, yeah, unbeaten in eight. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think the World Cup break, don't think there's any secrets. It came at a good time uh, for us, especially with the amount of injuries we had sort of piling up after Europe and know two games in a week for the first sort of three four months of the season but you know we always felt when we got bodies back and you know strengthened in January like we have when it got to Saturday Saturday we would you know put on a run to, to try and pull away and I think we're doing that just now uh, Gordon Todd mm. Cantwell I don't think anyone was shocked at that that is one we can yeah. see coming cause it's been bubbling away but he's in the building he's spoken to the press it's all official and 
I guess time will tell how good a signing that turns out to be. Yeah, um, I think everybody uh, concerned with Rangers will be delighted. Um, we're now in middle of January. I think Rangers fans were looking at what was happening in the transfer market. You always want fresh faces in. You want new players to go and uh, you know watch. You've got players in your squad. We've said that Rangers need to rebuild that squad under Michael Beale. It's his first signing. He'll be judged on these signings. But so far, what I've heard of the boys are very talented player. Right, come on. 01419511025. We are on Twitter at Clyde SSB. And incidentally, we've got a poll running for you. Is Darvel's win against Aberdeen the biggest cup upset Scottish football has ever seen? Uh, you're at 92% on at the moment, Mick. <laughs> I don't see that changing anytime soon. Um, that maybe sums it up. But you can come on, answer that question, compare it, contrast it to other... Uh, cup shock Sandy Halliday's just delighted people might stop talking about Brora being yeah, hearts yeah it's certainly the one that springs to mind when uh, you hear cup shocks I had a, a wee trip down memory lane at the weekend if we could forget about Albion Rovers knocking out Motherwell that mm. would be brilliant as well it's, it's got to be up there Gordon Deal. is it the, yeah. is it the, is yeah. it the biggest one for you <clears throat> Uh, yes it is I know that people can look at Mick's side and think yeah they've invested good money into players that have played at a decent level I recognised one or two of the lads last night from my time at Airdrie as well um, where where it's been absolutely brilliant for me is when you're a big club and you get drawn away f- from home to a club it's well, six tier right the first thing you do is you look at the surroundings you're thinking, what likes the pitch? What likes the dressing room? As the players got to be shocked because they're used to luxury. It's Aberdeen. No excuse. Dressing rooms, absolutely brilliant. Facilities, brilliant. And the pitch, you just looked at that pitch last night and Andy will tell you as a, a player and our next player myself, you would love to have played on that surface. Absolutely brilliant. So, so that makes it even more extreme for yeah, you, the fact yeah. that you're not going... I mean, you saw, with no disrespect, well done to Drum Chapel and hopefully they, they do well tonight, but you saw... When they played in the previous round, and was it Mary Hill? I think they played, wasn't it? And it was so wild conditions against Edinburgh City. Yeah, is that if, right? you, if you're an Aberdeen player and a manager walking off the team bus last night, you're delighted to what you're walking into. The pitch is like a bowling green. The dressing rooms, you know, I've been to some grounds as a manager, and some of my subs couldn't get stripped until the, the, the starting eleven went out. Not the case there. Fantastic And I think that's what made it so special Because this man to my right's team went toe-to-toe mm. With a massive football club in Scotland And come off best I mean Mick, I'm sure you would have taken Any type of victory But did, I mean, the manner of it did, did it feel way more comfortable than you thought it would? Uh, I, I just felt we had to impose ourselves in the game And their own style and philosophy Without any chance I never for one minute thought about sitting in And trying to frustrate Aberdeen and make it difficult uh, I just felt at some point their quality would have finally showed throughout the game and at some point it would have punished us. Uh, so I just felt if we had any chance to progress through, we had to try and dominate possession. We had to stick to ph- philosophy and the beliefs that we worked to every single week. And obviously it, it, it worked in our favour. not saying it because Mick's sitting right here, Andy, but that, that's what I felt. Drove home, watched the game and it's... We was almost waiting on that telltale sign of because sometimes you get that you can say oh look there's a difference between these two sides but this team it's not quite working for them and they're not getting the breaks but genuinely there were times that it, you couldn't really tell yeah and I said that at the top of the show about taking the badges off and I don't take that lightly because I truly felt that and you know I'm looking at the game and I'm saying you're talking about bravery and listen Davos defenders, players, they're putting their foot where it hurts, their head where it hurts, but bravery to get on the ball, bravery to have some composure, something that I thought that Aberdeen lacked within the game, I don't think they showed enough personality 
regardless of surroundings and, and listen the dancers right I put on a new Twitter poll now should the, the Scottish Cup semi-final being played at Durham's pitch because <laughs> you're talking about one of the best pitches in the country just now and I've never seen any Aberdeen player just take the game with a scuff of neck and, yeah. and sort of Stamp their personality on the game and, and all, all credit to McKennedy and Right, players. come on then 01419511025 Are you a delighted Darvel fan? Were you there? Describe it to us Tell us what it was like Even better, what were the celebrations like? If you're not a Darvel fan Maybe you're just an interested neutral observer uh, Who enjoyed what you saw And if you want to get a bit grumpier then I'll be looking at you Aberdeen fans Because where on earth does this leave you? Let us know Kieran is first through tonight Now Kieran was on last night and we said to Kieran, he's, he was going down to the game to support Darvel, and we said, well, if it goes to plan, you need to phone us back. So, mm. obviously, we've done it. Kieran, how good was it? Oh, last night was excellent. I said I was going back, so I thought Darvel going to win penalties, but to win 1-0, keep a clean sheet, it's incredible. Uh, you were harsh on them. You thought it would take penalties. It was much easier than that. <laughs> I was expecting a good three each for each game, but <laughs> listen, a win's a win, you'll take it. Now, b- remind me, who, who were you friends with again that you were going down to, to watch because I'm pretty sure it was one of the standouts on the night oh it was mine in the match it was Craig Cruzdale mm. how good was he Mick exceptional <laughs> uh, absolutely exceptional we signed him in the summer from a team at a level Rob Roy and listen he had to be patient in the early stages coming in because we had a really settled squad and a successful year last year but I spoke to him and said listen you just need to believe in your own ability and at some point when an opportunity comes in the last few weeks I think he scored two hat tricks in his last two games prior to last night so we went into the game <coughs> real confidence and Listen, he was an absolute standout for, he, for Lars Park. He was a real standout in the game for me. And listen, I thought his namesake and goal was, yeah, was, was very good as well. I think that sort of 10, 15 minute period where Aberdeen had a you know, a couple of half chances, one real good chance, he made some key saves. But yeah, for me, he was a real standout in the game. Yeah, I, I, I worked with a lad at Airdrie. Yeah, he good was, to see you didn't ruin him. Was, no, no, and, and by the way, I, I cannot believe he's a goal scorer. I cannot believe some of the... You know, the talent he showed last night. You just night. needed to spot it. I, I, but he, he was actually, I'm, I'm going to give this man to my right a lot of credit, because when he was at Airdrie and, and he worked under the youth department, he played as a fullback, a sitting midfield player at times, very quiet boy. Last night I had the double check. I'm thinking, I'd never seen that. Absolutely Unbelievable the boy was He was brilliant He looked like he played at that level mm. Week in, week out and Is that the key Mick? Because look there, there are a lot of players in your squad That have played at senior level And people talk about the investment But we're seeing the standout player on the pitch With someone that you got from, from Rob Roy So is that where recruitment at any level Is so important Knowing what guys can come in and do a job? Yeah it's critically important Also you need to fit any of the sort of philosophy And beliefs of the club And I, I watched Craig closely last year And I knew that In terms of his attributes And his skill set Would fit perfectly in how we play And you seen last night Andy just highlighted there In terms of bravery The amount of times he took the ball In difficult areas Carried his up the pitch And he's so good on the half turn as well he's, And he's gifted He's actually really really good on both feet he's, he's such a talented kid He's only a young boy as well 22, 23 He's got a massive future in front of himself Kieran, have you spoken to him? How's he taking it all? How were his celebrations last night? I had a wee bit of slow head this morning But I was out for breakfast with him He had the full work So he's in a good mood um, <laughs> I've just got a wee point for uh, Gordon Dale I was at Airdrie with Craig when Gordon was there oh, no. And we had a wee game on a Friday Between the first team and the reserves But Gordon never put Craig in the first team or the reserves He made them run the line <laughs> <laughs> He's never <laughs> been able to spot a player, Kieran It certainly worked Listen, that was... <laughs> Remember, I wasn't the manager I wasn't picking the team, so Oh, he's throwing his I think you'll need phone in on Thursday for that one uh, Kieran, in terms of the I mean, the way the game went did, did it just feel like You were witnessing something special quite early on Because the guys were just talking there It never 
it never felt like Aberdeen were about to really impose themselves or you know or blow Darvel away at any point oh, absolutely I think as all credit to Mick I think until the last maybe 10-15 minutes no one in that season was really nervous I thought Darvel played fantastic and it's all down to the philosophy and the freedom that Mick allows his players to play in because a lot of junior teams have that kind of thought of they're just going to channel the ball just going to shell it long play off second balls whereas Darvel got the ball in the deck and they were playing through the lines and working through the phases and it was a joy to watch do you know why they weren't nervous? Because young Truesdale kept the ball in the corner like I've never seen anyone do in my life. Full four and a half minutes injury oh. time it was unbelievable in that corner flag. How key was belief mixed up? I think that was the thing that jumped out for me. I don't know what I'm talking about compared to you guys but it just felt like nobody looked nervous, nobody looked flustered. How how did you instill that? I, for Monday we, we just drove that message all week. I'd said to the staff listen it's important that we fully believe in what we're trying to achieve it's important we embed that in the group and Listen, we spent a bit of time on uh, Aberdeen on Saturday morning, but when we turned up last night to the game, I didn't speak about Aberdeen at any point in the preparation of the game, didn't speak about the players or Shea Britain. It was fully focused on ourselves and, as I said, implementing their own mm-hmm. style and philosophy. And Listen, belief is a massive part of it. Just not, not so much even just that individual individual belief, but the belief you have in your teammates as well to, to, to encourage them to go on the ball and be brave mm-hmm. in certain areas. And listen, once you start well and you impose yourself in the game, then you just seen that belief spread through the group then all of a sudden it starts to spread into the stands then you'll get a real foothold yeah. in the game and then, then you, you, I thought I thought we were really strong and dominant for large periods of that we're always confident because it, it, I guess there is an element that you don't know until you're in that situation with the cameras being there I know you had a bit of experience of that before but nothing on that scale you must have been really impressed with how the boys stood up to it Definitely, uh-huh, uh-huh, but that, they're in an environment where they're encouraged to express themselves, mm-hmm. they're encouraged to be brave, I take responsibility for it if it goes wrong, and listen, some weeks it goes wrong, there's no absolute doubt about that, but I take responsibility for that, I think you need to have that sort of environment and culture if you really want to dominate possession and encourage boys to play in real dangerous areas, so, but they, they know that, that, that it's important that, that at any level we play at, it's important that we, we embed our own philosophy in the game and... I think if we can do that to high standard, then you can see the fruits of the labour last night. Kieran, you planning the next couple of rounds? You got the semi final and final marked out in your calendar? No, not at all. Take it one round at a time. <laughs> oh, but I Kieran, don't... leave the cliches to these guys. You can get as excited <laughs> as you like. I know, I understand that, but I think if, if Darby beat Falkirk, nobody'll be surprised now after that result last night. Yeah, that, that that is the reality, isn't it? I mean, if you've obviously stating the obvious, beating the fifth best team, maybe maybe the third biggest team. Mm. upset you uh, the hell oh, I said maybe I said maybe <laughs> um, we'll, save that, we'll save that for another night but um, you must, do you wish that was next weekend Mick are you happy to get back to the bread and butter no I probably wish it was next weekend the problem is trying to get the guys back down to earth and get yeah. focused to go to Arfley on Saturday <laughs> a totally different challenge totally different environment different circumstances so it's just trying to get everybody back down on earth and refocus so we'll see how that goes on Thursday night at training Aberdeen to Arfley. there we are thank you very much to Kieran from Airdrie 01419511025 Hoggy Boy says was he the number 19 I'm assuming he's talking yep. about yeah it yeah, was number 19 mm-hmm. there we are I think a lot of people were impressed uh, but there were a few I guess your goalie had to as Andy says it's the very least you expect, isn't it? If you're playing that level of opponent, your keeper would have to make one or two big moments. Yeah, I, I even thought up to that point, just with his feet, he's so comfortable on the ball. I, like, I mean, really brave as well in terms of building it for the back. But I thought up to that point, he'd played really well. But I knew there'd be moments in the game where we had to rely on him. And I think you've seen that last night. His qualities. Listen, Chrissy, it was at Hamilton when he was 16, and offered him a three year deal to go see for full time. And he, he, he knocked it back and refused it. And he went to study to be an aeronautical engineer instead of. Progressing his career in football, he just felt that was a better pathway for him. So, really brave decision. Uh, 
Unfortunately Covid came in And he had to then Go back and relearn And now he's a math teacher But aye, he's an exceptionally gifted goalkeeper I heard him say he had school tomorrow yeah, and I he's a math teacher <laughs> <laughs> You're not 14 I wish I'd seen my trade through now When I listen to his boys I built Mitchell Library oh, you th- I, was, I thought you were going to say You could have been an aeronautical <laughs> engineer And I nearly walked out of the studio That would have been the final straw uh, for no, me believe it. You've told some lies on this show but that, that would have topped a lot Let's bring in Paul uh, from Milton How's it going Paul? I'm good guys uh, Thanks for taking my call um, At least somebody answers the phone to you Paul I know I wanted to share my, my really my real disappointment in Michael Kennedy I've just tried to phone him half an hour ago to pass on my congratulations and he cut me off after two rings He's busy Paul <laughs> He's mixing it with football royalty like Gandhi Halliday and Gordon DL tonight You forgive him? <laughs> 100% forgive him Knowing no, the guy he is 100% I forgive him Mick it's Maxi I hope uh, fact, You know Congratulations on the result um, Unreal result And uh, No surprise for me To be honest um, I've got a big mate Who's an, an Aberdeen fan At the work And I said to him uh, Last week I think if, if Darvel score quite early I think you'll find it Very very tough Um with the quality they've got so for me to answer the question earlier for me it's the best result in my lifetime that I've seen and, and Paul how do you two know each other I hope you can answer that and not get anybody in trouble yeah I, I, run a, I run a football club Bashfield um, uh, it's obviously not at the same tier as uh, Michael's team but um, we are we're based in the west of Scotland and Mick's been a great support through the last few years and kind of helping me out with how to progress the club on and off the park so he's been a good uh, he's been a good consultant let's say but he's no charged me any any, any money on that <laughs> and does this, does this feel like a big victory if you like Paul for you know for the pyramid for what used to be called junior football you know does this does this feel like a big shot in the arm for, for everyone involved at that type of level 100% and I think that, well, that's why I wanted to call him because I think it's important to recognise yeah, it's a massive result but for, for, since the, the whole pyramid scheme's changed the last couple of years and, and from junior to now the full setup, there's been a lot of clubs aspiring to you know, try and get that community set up um, get the real engagement with you know, potential new supporters um, breed those young players through a pathway system that they could hopefully get into semi-professional and now professional football and I think that's the, the, the key thing that, that Mick has, has achieved at Davos since being down there what's that now three, four seasons maybe a wee bit longer that you know and hopefully he doesn't mind me sharing this but he shared with me what his you know milestones were to achieve to get to this point um I don't think he ever set his sights to go and beat Aberdeen in the Scottish Cup last 16 or whatever last 32 but um, I think it's just a a moment where we, we can look at well certainly I can look at somebody running another club that's trying to get aspire to that 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 is very inspirational of what they've done because not only it puts the level on the map but it just showcases to potential investors or potential people that's interested in football or invest in a club knowing that they might not get a return investment money wise but they'll get that return investment that is going to have a massive impact on the community and that, that's got to be called out in terms of what he's achieved Do you feel that Mick is it you know, the bigger picture you're delighted to win a football game but what about the knock on effect to the club the community the people Listen I've been there two and a half year two, two and a half seasons to be fair uh, when I agreed to join back a few years ago when we sat down on the board I said that the most important thing was that we had to build a connection with the community 
I think at a level, if you don't have that connection with the community and you've got any aspirations of being successful, then the reality is you'll struggle. And there's, listen, when I first took over, there was about an average of 30 fans at games. Uh, but obviously, we've been successful within the brand of football we play and we've grew the fan base. But listen, that's one of the biggest successes we've had. And last night just further enhances that and allows you to engage them on a different level, on a different scale. And hopefully, last night coming down to the game, the romance of the cup, the romance of the occasion, hopefully, we've engaged with a new section of the community and hopefully they'll support us moving forward but it's, it's a massive part for clubs at the level we've all got a, 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 not, not, we've got a responsibility to make sure that the, the club has become a beacon of the community especially in these times of modern ages where most of us communicate with social media there's no many mechanisms within a community to bring people together and I think your clubs at this level have got a real opportunity to do that And now that you've hit the big time are you going to start charging Paul for consultancy work <laughs> or does it remain free? Listen Paul's a very, very good football player these days. Well. I would wish he was on the field playing for me last night. But again, Paul, two different levels. We are very well backed as well with chairman. Paul's proper in the community doing what they and dedicates an unbelievable amount of his time to try and progress his club and also create opportunities for people. Even out with football and employment opportunities, loads, loads of different aspects. Guys like him are, probably don't get recognised enough in football in our country. Good man, Paul. It was nice to hear from you. Thanks, guys. See, Thanks, that's, that's, see if somebody doesn't take your call, just cut right to the chase. Just yeah, phone yeah. in here. Although the amount of people that are trying to get hold of you that you're ignoring, I wouldn't recommend they phone well, in. Well, successful, would I would talk to no one. That's a wee tip. Yes, mate. 01419511025. Great time to call. We'll get you on next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One. Super scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Gordon DL are here and they're sitting back because nobody's interested in speaking to the two tonight. It's all about mm-hmm. Darvel and their cup win and Mick Kennedy, the Darvel boss, is with us in the studio. So get in touch if you want to put any praise over to Mick or ask him any questions about how it works at that level, then please do. And Aberdeen fans, you're not off the hook because at some point we're going to need to analyse where it went wrong for you. Yes, credit to Darvel, but how did Aberdeen... Uh, play their part in this Where does it leave the club Where does it leave Jim Goodwin And all the usual questions That follow uh, A difficult result But this might be The most difficult of results So get in touch And let us know Jamie is from Alloa How's it going Jamie? I told you before Gordon It's still acute right? Oh sorry you'll, I'll need to get the productions Heads will roll for this Jamie I can't have that happening Jamie and Tillicutri Take it away Even in the panel And uh, congratulations to Mr Kennedy Uh, The question is for the the Darvel managers You there, yeah? Oh, he's listening, don't you worry Okay I mean, this is aside from the performance I mean, it was was good Uh, I think, in my opinion Just before I get to my question I think I I, I think a lot of people saw a wee shot Coming in the cars last night Uh, Just uh, with the way Aberdeen was playing But it's taken nothing away from Darvel But my question was about something aside from that I mean, after the game I had to look up Darvel To see where it was Probably a lot of people did as well and I looked up the football ground, and I'm, I mean, I'm no offence to Darvel FC and Mr Kennedy and his team, but it literally was just a football pitch with a small stand, and I couldn't match that up with what I saw on the television last night because it looked like a proper rocking football ground. So, I mean, I'd heard on the radio this morning or something that, was it right they, they wanted the game played at Kilmarnock, but you had to fight really hard? And I was just wondering what kind of effort went into getting the, getting the ground up because it looked like there was stand and terracing and stuff, and I couldn't match that up when I looked that up on the... The street view, so I just wonder if you could kind of give us a wee bit of insight into that. Yeah, obviously the original plan was was that potentially we'd move to Rugby Park just obviously because of the significance of the game, but we'd made a decision early on that we wanted to play at home and that required quite a bit of investment to, to make the game happen. 
there was a temporary stand behind the goal uh, where the home Davo fans were in the opposite end we'd invested a bit of money uh, and we also got support from one of the sponsors Alan McLeish who owns QTS uh, Alan put in some uh, new barriers and stuff like that for Aberdeen fans so we did invest a, a fair bit of money to keep the, 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 ground, the game at our own ground and there is future plans to over the summer to invest a, a lot more in the uh, money and, and new stands and stuff like that How important was that? I think actually when the draw was made I think you came on the phone here and, and you said early on you, you wanted it to be at your home ground it would have been easy to go for the, the bigger payday and you know at Rugby Park or whatever how, how important was it? I think there was two elements to it I think from a football perspective it was important we played at our own park our own environment the dynamics probably mm-hmm. suit us better than Aberdeen because this part's slightly tighter even though the surface is exceptionally high standards so there was that element then there was also the element for the, the fans and the community it was important that we kept it at our home ground even I, I, I don't think anyone wanted to move it away from, from, from Darvo it was important that, as I said part of your plan is to engage the, the fan base and engage the community uh, there was no better occasion to do that so there was mm. never in a mindset to move it I think it's you know people maybe not Jamie who's been on Google Street View but a lot of people have been aware of of the Darville project a lot of people know that for that level the investment is there you mentioned getting the stand the pitch is clearly of a high standard Gordon spoke about the dressing rooms um, which maybe tells you more about how his mind operates that that's the most important <laughs> thing for him rather than the playing surface um, but what, what's the what has the project been like and, and, and where does it go from here from your perspective? I think when I agreed to go, I think our plan was that we had to try and attract boys and pull them down the leagues. That was part of the plan. Uh, a lot of my contacts in the game were at that level, so we had to make sure the environment we created was obviously of a high standard, it was professional. In the main, it was probably better than some of the environments they were playing in at the moment, so that's why it required that investment at the outset. And also... When you're trying to sell the project, it's it's easier to sell it when you actually see the actual physical investments happening. That but there's a plan in place to take the club forward, and move through the leagues. So that that was critically important. But that investment needs to continue. It's important that we don't stand still and we continue to drive forward. Obviously, the aspirations is to try and move through mm. the pyramid system as quickly as we possibly can. And you know, you've got someone there who can provide that that infrastructure, provide that investment. Is the is one of the next stages to to sort of. Attract even more of that, you know, but not 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 so much become self sustainable. That's the wrong the wrong phraseology. But if you're doing things like that last night, more eyeballs get on it, and, and it all just sort of grows from there. Is that the idea? Yeah, listen from a commercial perspective, that, that that's grown massively over the, even the last twelve months because we've been relatively successful at a level. That obviously brings its exposure. It brings obviously interest. But that's the plan. The reality is the club can't be reliant on John. And mm-hmm. and listen. This year he's, he's, he's I don't mind, don't, don't mind me saying he's hardly invested a penny this year because of the success the club's had over the last two years. Uh, but you're right, the, the, the plan is the club has to be sustainable at some point and the only way that will happen is successful, engaging with the fans, growing the fan base and obviously uh, get, getting as much investment out of the club as possible for sponsorship. You talk about as well, sort of try to strike and build relationships with communities. If you then take that bigger payday to move to Rugby Park, maybe get a bigger crowd in a one-off yeah. night, but you're talking yeah. about a crowd of 3,500 last night, potentially a 1,000 punters that haven't been there that are local towards the community. So now your average attendance throughout the last couple of years is probably going to drive on because people have seen the, the sort of spectacle mm-hmm. you gave them last night. Right, and that's the plan. You're hoping last night that you've engaged some of the mindsets, you've engaged their hearts, and hopefully that, is, that should hopefully grow the fan base over the coming weeks. That'll be the telling tale. But I'm sure, listen, if last night doesn't get you bought into the club and bought into what we're trying to achieve, yeah. then I don't think we've got a chance. Um, do you make a conscious sort of, when you look through the squad, you've got players that have played senior level, in fact, premiership level. Ian McShane, guys will, I'm sure people watched it on TV last night, recognise some of the names. Your goal scorers played at a high level. And, and then you mentioned 
players that you've signed from from Rob Roy, you know, Alan McKenzie who led the line for you, has played it was it Bones you bought him from, yeah. Pollock Shots, teams like that. So d- does it does it matter? Do you try and you know, blend both or is it just about the, the player? Firstly it's about the person, to be honest with you. Obviously we invest a lot of time in the guys, but there's a lot of importance based on that that sort of togetherness, that sort of ethos around the club and that's not even a, that's not about playing style, that's about mm-hmm. people. So that's critically the, 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 the most important part we look at. Then ultimately it's down to the talent as individuals and football players and who fits into philosophy irrespective of what level they come from. It's just important that, that they fit into the club and the culture and well, listen we've got a really good blend and balance at the moment. So Jamie, you just watched on from the outside, you're obviously not a Darvel fan, you've never even heard of the place, but I take it you were impressed. I thought, like, I watched it. I mean, it's, see the weird thing is, Gordon, you may get, like, some of the smaller teams come playing on television on the big scene, so I had it in the living room. From the first 15 minutes, what I was really impressed with was the, I can't remember their names, but the left wing of Darville, their, their wee triangular passing, was, they were running rings around Aberdeen. And I suppose in the first 20 minutes of the game, I think everybody thought, like, they're going to give them a game here. And they got the goal. Uh, can I just ask you as well Can I ask Mr Kennedy What he thought about The, the debated offside goal Oh Well that's a good question well, I'm <laughs> glad he's put it There was any debate in it was, it was definitely onside But obviously they didn't give it It was interesting I thought it was onside And I asked the fourth official I said What's your thoughts on that And he said It looked tight He said it must have been tight Because the referee asked the lines Are you sure it was onside And the linesman said It was tight But it was definitely off But it, it certainly was <laughs> I think it was two yards But she be fair to your players I think they all stopped Didn't they we will give them the benefit. I, I think. I think you're right. I think they did. I think Cameron Cammy was probably the closest in terms of proximity in the middle of the goal. I think Cammy stopped. Yeah, so it, was Cameron, a, it was a bit of luck. Yeah, of course. Listen, when you're playing against teams, obviously a standard Aberdeen. Of course, you're needing everything to go your own way. Come back to Mick's point there about not going to Kamarnock. It's probably the best choice they've ever made because. You listened to his team talk last night. He believed in his players. He believed they could win it. The best chance of winning it was only his. his own pitch and he achieved that last night I must say as well I liked the reaction of Jim Goodwin in his interview after the game you know talking about the offside goal he didn't want to take the congratulations in the, yeah. in the, in the spotlight away from Davo because to be honest yep it was onside it was a deserved of goal but the win was no more than Davo uh, deserved On that note Kevin is an Aberdeen fan how are you feeling this morning Kevin? Um, uh, disappointed bitterly disappointed um, however uh, like everyone else, the congratulations has to be heaped on Darvel. Uh, played a blinder uh, and sent Aberdeen up the road deservedly with a tail between their legs. Um, um, I've nothing against Falkirk, but I hope Darvel uh, progress and get a good payday either at Tynecastle, Ibrox or Celtic Park to, to help them. This is what we need. As I say, the pyramid scheme is, uh, is a good thing and hopefully that helps Darvel progress. But... Um, Aberdeen shambles it's been coming if you look at the, the results all season uh, particularly away from home um, just grim just grim um, Jim Goodwin has brought in pretty much the entire defence uh, I've got a couple of mates Lee and Chem they're a combined age of just under 140 and we would rival the, the, the All Blacks front row uh, we'd have put in better performances than these guys it's time for them to clear out and Jim Goodwin um, get rid of the dead wood and start again because we're, we're going nowhere. Yeah, is that is is that the end of the road for the manager Kevin? There's been a, like there's been a bit of discussion, I guess, in previous weeks. Andy Halliday's team didn't do him any favours last midweek either. 
Sometimes you get these You know Career Not career defining But role defining results Where you just You know You see the decision made It's not been made It's 20 to 7 The following night I don't know if I don't know what Is going to happen With Aberdeen and, and Jim Goodwin Do you think this has to be The end of the road? Well Stephen Glass Lost his job After getting put To the cup by Motherwell And again No disrespect to Darvel Because they earned Their victory last night um, If Stephen Glass Lost his job because of the results and then the Motherwell uh, putting us out of the cup, then results and then Darwell putting us out of the cup shouldn't have a different outcome. Right. Andy Halliday's not going to call for a fellow manager in the league to be sacked. No. Mick Kennedy, I'm sure he was nice to you last night. You're going to call, not going to call for him to be sacked. Because <laughs> it's, all, it's all up to you. Yeah, <laughs> That's I'll, where you earn your wage tonight. Yeah, I'll take the responsibility. I'm going to tonight. Right, I, I think Jim's under severe pressure. I don't think the Aberfe- Aberdeen fans are now having him. The results have been poor after the World Cup. Disastrous on the road, as Kevin quite rightly pointed out. But where I'm going to cut him a little bit slack tonight is, yes, he picks a team. He does the tactics. You go to Darvo last night, you see that pitch, you see the surroundings, you know this guy's team's coming out and they're going to roll their sleeves up. They're going to play football. You've done your homework. You know they're a good side. You know the, the players that they've got in, in their disposal. I thought that Aberdeen players last night, and I'm giving this guy all the credit and his team, without a shadow of doubt, were an absolute disgrace. Because that man will tell you, and I've been in the position, when you go to lower league teams, you know that you've got to fight as hard as what they're going to fight. And you know they're coming out to give every single thing. This is a shot at glory. Look at the publicity that Darvel have right on the map now and everybody there's mm. going, oh, I hope they get through the next round. We'll all become Darvel supporters following this cup run. But for Aberdeen, I'm taking Aberdeen into this. You think the players need more stick? Disgraceful. Absolutely. Mm. Dis- because you must know that's coming, right? And I'm taking nothing away because they were brilliant. But as an Aberdeen player, you must think, I need to fight the desire and the passion that they're going to come out that tunnel with right away. No no way that Jim Goodwin can turn this round, Kevin? Well, <laughs> if he was going to turn that round, uh, I mean, it's this, the away form in particular, um, um, it's been needing to be turned round mm. since Stephen Glass. Um, uh, you can argue that he needs to get X amount of windows, but he's brought in Stuart, uh, handed on the captaincy Obviously the comments before the, the Cup semi-final against Rangers Last night he should have had the sleeves rolled up And growling at the rest of the team um, Why did Shinny Shinny's got a bit of aggression about him Didn't even touch a pack um, There was no fight Toothless um, And we got what we deserved Mick did you sense a a fragility I get what Kevin means like, he, Kevin says You know it was coming Because they've not been In a good place But there's There's been not in a good place And then there's Losing to 6th tier opposition again Which is not meant to sound Disrespectful to you Did, did you did you sense That they You know you, you could rock them In that regard Listen I don't, I don't think Aberdeen came out of the game With uh, great confidence Obviously the two previous games Had lost Listen I thought they were unlucky Against Rangers at Hamden At the centre half The captain says mm-hmm. On the pitch That game could have Probably went either way I was at the Hearts game On Wednesday night and listen, Hearts won convincingly, but in the over the piece of the game, I don't think it was a five 0 game. There was last piece of the game, and I thought Aberdeen were in control it, and they're still in the game. So, I think that was. I don't think it was a bad performance. Obviously, ultimately, it's about getting points, and and they lost heavily. So, but I just felt coming out of the game, they were a wee bit fragile. Obviously, not giving me a lot of confidence, and 
I just felt we had to impose ourselves on the game early and start with a real high intensity. We allowed them to start to develop that degree of confidence. Then I felt the mm-hmm. game would have developed slightly differently and also come to a new environment as yeah. well. It was just important we really, really imposed ourselves on the game and maybe played on that fragility a little bit. Um, Andy, if there is a, if there is a defence for Jim Goodwin, Aberdeen finished 10th last season and mm-hmm. they're 5th at the moment. At the same time, you get those standout results that just sometimes are... Just too much Just too much to get over What, what do you make of that side of it? I know it's tough for you As a, a, a opposing Listen, player In the same league They're one, one win in nine you know, it's, it's not good reading I'm not, I'm not going to try and kid anyone else uh, But you know Before the, the the World Cup break They were obviously third uh, Four points off the uh, Sorry four points clean In third place For me I, I've said that a couple of times On the show this year I don't think there's any doubt Whatsoever they've improved On last year and, You know you mentioned it At the top of the show The, the broader result with Hearts Robbie Nielsen came under Severe pressure after that game mm-hmm. And us as players Were sitting in the dressing room Thinking There's no way they can sack him uh, You know the, the league form at that period In time wasn't great Obviously it's a really poor cut result But we know what we are We know we're improving We know that he's getting us there And I just think In modern day football They are too trigger happy now To get rid of managers When they've had that sort of little Actually I remember Jack Ross at Hibs Obviously the, the the year before They've got their Was it Total points record The, the year before at Hibs They, they a cup final or a cup semi-final one win and nine sacked you ask a lot of Hibs fans would they take Jack Ross back now potentially mm. thank you Kevin 01419511025 good time to call we'll get you on next 01419511025 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday, Gordon Diel and our special guest tonight Darvel manager Mick Kennedy He's the busiest man in Scottish football today So we're delighted he has taken the time Keep the calls coming in Terry's in Ralston on the line How's it going Terry? Hi there, how are you? Um, uh, yeah, just to congratulate Michael um, On his result last night uh, Michael will probably remember me Because I'm actually on the committee Of uh, one of Darvel's uh, big rivals, Pollock um, I've spoken to Michael in person on many occasions. The last time, I believe, was at, when Pollock played away at Canvas Lang. I had a long conversation with him, um, talking about you know how the teams are going to progress through the league, leagues. Um, it's just obviously to congratulate him and um, John Gall. Obviously, I'm going to speak on behalf of Pollock Football Club and congratulate Michael and John Gall and all at Darville on a tremendous result. It has really shown... Um, our division to be in the very best light. Yeah, does it does it inspire you, Terry, and and, and other people involved at that level? Uh, well, yes, um, absolutely. Obviously, people that have um, been following the Scottish Cup this year have seen that. Uh, obviously, Pollock, you know, convincingly beat Huntley at home, and um, fairly comfortably beat Anne Athletic. And I'm sure, certainly, Gordon would know. From his time as being Glen Afton manager And yes I remember Gordon back When he was Glen Afton manager He's just left the um, studio actually After that Alright okay um, the, uh, Obviously you know Michael will know the ambition That a lot of clubs at this level have um, I'm not going to go into specific figures But certainly it's not unreasonable That there's been Hundreds of thousands of pounds Invested in Darvo And at teams like Pollock and Auchinleck Clyde Bank, Linlithgow Rose, Trinent, Bonnie Rig Rose, Kelty Hearts, um, to make the jump up the divisions. And it's it's obviously good to see a tremendous result like this to show our to show our division and what we have in the best light. Um a lot of viewer a lot of listeners out there obviously won't be too familiar with 
how these leagues came about. They're basically, obviously, from their former junior yep. leagues. Um, but obviously, there's tremendous talent in these leagues um, that drop down from under-21 level and what have you. So um, it's just to give a little bit of background. I'm sure Michael's uh, filled uh, most people in on it to say that, yes, we, we all have ambition uh, to follow Darvel um, up the leagues. Presumably, Darvel win our league again. If they win, they'll be favourites to go up uh, to the Lowland League. I would imagine in the Lowland League, um, they'll make a very, very good account of themselves. Mm. And, you know, it does inspire other teams at this level that there is a pathway there. Yeah, I suppose, is that, like, you know, football doesn't stand still as great as this is. Does it become important to, to follow up? You did win the league last year and, and fell short in the playoffs. Is it? Does that desire burn even brighter now to try and... And, and, and get that promotion Listen it's it's more important To be honest with you I think if we get to the end of the season And we've not won any silverware I, I won't look back and think it's a, it's a success Because we put Aberdeen out of the Scottish Cup And mm-hmm. ultimately a success for me Is winning trophies And the biggest trophy for us to win this year is the league So that that needs to be a priority And that, that's what we determine Well successful or not Yeah I mean Andy you are You're just kind of dipping your toe into the coaching game um, And uh, you know Involved in a, a Lowland League club for instance Are you have you had your eyes opened a little bit to just how much talent is out there? Maybe guys that are young and haven't had their breakthrough yet or guys that have had to suffer a setback at senior level and all that sort of thing? I'd, I'd say it, uh, sort of youth development side, yes. Uh, in terms of the men's side of uh, things, no. Uh, you know, I've got a little brother that's been playing at the sort of Western Scotland level for you know, nearly a decade now and I, I've been to a number of games. We've got Terry on the phone, obviously at Pollock and it's not even the size of clubs and the quality of players. It's... People don't realise the backing and the fan base that a lot of these clubs have got. Uh, you know, your Pollock, Sockenleck, Beave, Coburnley Ladeside, even Clyde Bank. You know, teams that get really, really avid supporters following them week in, week out. And in terms of the talent, it's not surprised me one bit. Uh, let's try and squeeze one more in before time gets away from us. Thank you very much to Terry uh, from Ralston. We've got another Aberdeen fan on who's Matthew. Matthew, as good as it was for Darvel, how bad is this for Aberdeen? Is this. A result that Jim Goodwin can survive. How, how would you sum it up? Uh, well, evening, guys. First, first, I'd just like to say congratulations to Mick uh, and Barlow as well. Um, just outstanding performance from them. Um, as for Aberdeen, I don't really kind of know where it, where we go from here. Um, do we sack Jim Goodwin? If we sack Jim Goodwin, I, I don't. I genuinely don't think it solves the major issues at the club. The issues at Aberdeen run far deeper than Jim Goodwin. Um, I think if you look since Dave Cormack uh, became chairman, if we sack Goodwin, he'll now be on to his fourth manager in, what, less than four years. Um, Aberdeen were a club that had stability under Derek McInnes. Yeah, all right, Derek McInnes' time was, was probably up. I think he admitted it himself that he was planning and leaving at the end of that season. Um, but every man in their dub that was an Aberdeen fan could tell you when McInnes left that Stephen Glass was going to be the next Aberdeen manager. We all saw it coming. Um, so it, that was the wrong appointment. Then obviously we sack Stephen Glass, we bring in Jim Goodwin, who didn't fit the philosophy that, that Dave Cormack said he wanted. He wanted to bring in this free-flowing, attacking, attractive football. Jim Goodwin wasn't that type of manager at St Mim. Um, 
I, I genuinely think if we sack if we sack Goodrad, I just don't know where to go from here. Um, you've got Stephen Gunn as well, who's a director of football. Before he got that role, he was the club travel agent. Essentially, he was booking hotels for for the club for European trips, and now he's the most important man in the football football operations side. It's just there's there's far too many other issues that Aberdeen need to sort out. Um, because for me, I, I don't think any self-respecting manager right now would look at us and think, yeah, that's a club that that's going to take me forward or that's going to get me a, a move to England or something. I, I genuinely don't see it. Is that the difficulty, Gordon? Because I get, you know, it's not it's not a wild statement to say if you lose to sixth-year opposition in the Cup and you're not flying in the league, m- maybe that spells the end for you. But Matthew and, and others have been pointing out you can't just keep sacking managers. I know it's what happens in football. And these city rivals may be in a similar position and in fact they play each other at the weekend. It's easy to say Jim Goodwin, Lee Johnson got to go. But at what point do you just stop doing that and actually try and sort I, the other things out? I, I think sometimes you've got to sit back and take a deep breath, look at the bigger picture. The one thing I will say, yes, I think sometimes um, people above the managers... They get decisions wrong, and you look at Hibs, they've been a mess, manager after manager after manager. Aberdeen, as uh, Terry said, Derek could be the fourth manager under the leadership of Cormac. But where I will say, and I'll be fair to them, is they've taken Jim Goodwin in, they've backed Jim Goodwin. Mm-hmm. You know, he's signed a lot of players, they'll be on a decent budget, um, so they've given him the backing, and I think that's why, just now, and I know the fans will probably not want to hear us. I think he may just escape. When I watched the game last night, I watched the character of the Aberdeen players as well. I thought it was disgraceful. But, as I say, it's all about Mm -hmm. Darville. I just think that they'll look at the bigger picture and think, we're back to Guy, we're going to get to the end of the season and then see where it takes us. But... I don't yep. know if the Aberdeen fans are going to live with that Thank you Matthew, my apologies, we're a bit short on time now This was meant to be the end of the road Mick You were told till 7 o'clock, we've got so many calls You got another part in you, will we go to the next break? No, you in a rush? I'll stay here as long as you want Good man, right, we'll be back oh, In fact, let's do this next as well Let's, let's Will we put Mick to the test yeah. on this? Come on, Mick. The pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. He's had a busy night. I don't know if we'll put him in the hot seat, but it is beat the pundit. If you want to try and get a victory for the listeners tonight, 01419511025. Lines close at seven. Be quick. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Play one super scoreboard. Andy Halliday, Gordon DL, and Mick Kennedy's enjoyed it so much he's still hanging around. There's so many more calls uh, to get through. We will let him get away at some point, and maybe we'll hear from well, we will hear from Rangers new signing Todd Cantwell. Uh, so Rangers fans, what are you expecting uh, from him? We're going to hear his first press conference, which was today. And anything else that's out there at all, pick up the phone and let us know, and we'll do this first. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. It is beat the pundit time after five minutes of negotiations during the news. I think we'll get Mick to write his answers down, right? Or take part. We'll 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 put him against you, but not live on air. Is that fair? Like, the guy's on a high. I like, throw him into the beat the pundit hot seat. I think right? he'd be brilliant, but no, I think probably uh, all right, but I think, right. Listen, for me, it's like. Is it a once-in-a-lifetime <laughs> opportunity? Is he going to be a regular pundit? Well, listen, I've seen the tweets it's about... It's been Arthur Lee will be. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, heads, it's Andy Halliday. 
But by the way, he's beat the pundit royalty. He I've very never, rarely loses. I've never been heads on this coin, by the way, and it's always tails. That's right, you're always on the other side of the studio. And he's got a very good record. Gordon Brilliant. Mixed bag. We'll mixed say. bag. Yeah. Tails, it's Gordon DL. Tails. It was, I promise, because ah. I, I like, I'll, no offence, I like it when Come Andy plays because I like to see Mac. how well he can do. Anyway, give me not, the speech. Give me the we've speech. We've not met tonight's contestant yet, who's Alistair. How's it going, Alistair? Not bad. How's it going, guys? Not okay? bad. I've gone early, Alistair. I've tossed the coin already, and it's Gordon DL, so there's no surprises. Are you happy with that? Ask a silly question. Uh, I am happy to take any one of them. Oh, I like oh, that. I like his confidence. Oh. I like his. This is a guy who got beat by a mascot called Chaos the Panda a couple of weeks ago. I've never got so down, the bar's been set quite low. Is that all right with you? Sorry, ah, that's fine. I didn't Good. hear that. Oh, Alistair, it was rubbish anyway. It, was, it wasn't, it wasn't very no, funny. No, uh, anyway, right, Alistair and Greenock is getting ready to take on Gordon Deal. So what I'll do is give you some Clyde two to listen to. So that he can't hear what's going on, Alistair. Um, I'm sure you've heard it before. 30 seconds. Answer as many as you can and pass if you don't know the answer, okay? Yeah, that's fine. Right, good man. 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. Name either side Alan Thompson played for either side of his Celtic spell. Blackburn. Who scored Rangers' only goal against Liverpool earlier this season? Morelos. Name the only scorer in last night's Scottish Cup tie between Darvel and Aberdeen. 1-0 Who's the oldest player to play in the Scottish Premiership this season? Uh, what team did Josip Juranovic sign for this week? Uh, uh, Berlin Name any of Hart's last three non-Scottish managers uh, Okay, let's bring back Gordon DL Gordon, can you hear us? Yeah I cannot believe I got it I got it just in time Listen Rem, Listen, let me explain I'm The <laughs> listeners will know I told Mick To write his answers down So that we could see how he did And after question one I saw Gordon's beady eyes <laughs> Going straight over to Mick's paper Like a primary six pupil Up the back of the class Copying the homework Do you know what I'm thinking These questions must be hard He's not even writing them down <laughs> He's sitting there just doing that Right, Did you come think on. they were tough? I thought they were oh, tough I'm, I'm, I'll be you're a, a brain box with these things. Right, come on. No, he won't. You ready? Go. Name either side Alan Thompson played for, either side of his Celtic spell. Newcastle. Who scored Rangers' only goal against Liverpool earlier this season? Uh, Cholak. Name, oh, the, name the only scorer in last night's Scottish Cup match between Darvel and Aberdeen. Kirkpatrick. Who's the oldest player to play in the Scottish Premiership this season? Uh, Davis. Which team did Josip Juranovic sign for this week? Oh, I forgot Name any of Hart's last three non-Scottish managers Non-Scottish? And uh, Stendhal oh. <laughs> Alistair, what do you think? Uh, that was not bad I think I just bet him Oh, okay Let's find out Name either side Alan Thompson played for Either side of his Celtic spell Andy? Bolton No No? Aston Villa or Leeds Oh, I'm zero for one And the easy ones He did not I'm ashamed of you here Because he's your favourite Rangers player You make no secret of it I'd say that after I know you did But that's no use to me is it Obviously So it was Scott Why do you not write that down It was It was genius last night Can I write Arfield down the paper It was Scott Arfield I'm afraid Alistair didn't get it either So it's a 0-0 Great game this I think Alistair maybe misheard the question I said who was the only scorer In last night's Scottish Cup match Between Darvel and Aberdeen So Alistair didn't get it It was Jordan Kirkpatrick Well done I'll give you it one 
Nil The oldest player to play in the Premiership this season Alan McGregor Alan McGregor Not Stephen Davis He's older So it's 1-0 after four questions The standard That's a guy shouting I think I'll beat him He's, a, he's on a duck Steady <laughs> He's on a duck Steady <laughs> He's on a quack Well he knew that Union Berlin was very Oh I can't believe went. that So but, do you but I'll take that back? The Hearts manager's got to kill him one This each. is a dagger Ooh, one one. Heading into the last question Name eight one. of Hart's last three non-Scots You had the That's choice it. of Shaba Laszlo Paolo Sergio Get in there Or Daniel yeah! <laughs> I'm devastated oh. Alistair Hard lines Oh Alistair I'm really pining I, heard, I didn't hear that question I thought it was, it was a score I know, oh, I know, I know you did because you said one now. It wasn't my fault you misheard <laughs> Alistair. Anyway, that was Alistair uh, in Greenock wants a rematch. That's a, that's a, a tiebreaker for him going. I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm fed up with that because we did this with him last week for some yeah. reason. That was a fair. It was a. It was a fair victory. I'll tell you what, Alistair coming on there. Right, this is what I love about Alistair. I'll take any one of them to get one. <laughs> you only get Can two. Can you fell back up the road? You only get two. <laughs> Didn't matter. Got victory. That's man won one nil last night. And he's famous. Do you know why? I'll be famous tomorrow. Ah, but exactly. He beat Aberdeen. <laughs> you beat Alistair. Be Alistair. Confident, Ali. The uh, no, I'm not doing any more. Um, charity tiebreakers producer nah. Callum is raging he's come in with a big box nine quid a ball he was <laughs> no. shouting at me last week he's raging like, he must know somebody that can get us cheaper than nine quid a ball but we're struggling so but no more no more unless it's very specific circumstances uh, unlucky Alistair try again uh, we're on Twitter as well T-Mac says this is what football was all about last night an incredible result I thought Darville easily the better side played Aberdeen off the park wonderfully coached cracking footballers I'm a neutral I don't believe that that's Mick's burner account that sent that one in <laughs> Uh, Miofsky, Miat Magic says, can't believe Goodwin's still on a job, utterly ridiculous. We were playing rubbish, but still shocked. Gaz Hunter, for me, it was mixed team talk before the game. It got everyone up for it. I had goosebumps listening to it. Right, be honest, how many times you practice that in the mirror, knowing that the cameras were going to be there? Uh, I honestly <laughs> don't, to be fair. The only thing I sort of researched was the 40 million minutes in somebody's uh, sort of male's lifespan, but I, I, I don't, listen, that's just sort of off the cuff a wee bit. Mate, we. I'm going to be honest with you, and I'll say it to your face. I'll be using that <laughs> I'll be stealing that, how's, that steal. uh, how's that Twitter poll going? I was going to say That's the type of thing That we'll use for the tiebreaker For many minutes Yeah Oh listen It's not even It's a joke We've got thousands of votes on it Like 2,000 votes Is Darvel's win over Aberdeen The biggest upset 91.9% percent even wow. People have forgotten about Brora and Hart See Brilliant. it's worked Brilliant I've seen a few shouts To be fair On, on the, the sponsors Like um Clyde and Celtic yeah. for instance uh, Berwick, Berwick Rangers Rangers Berwick Rangers and Hamilton against Rangers said another one so we're going back but yeah I mean mm. no, that's you, fair you, you, seen a stat actually do you want me to read it out it's alright Roger Hannister Davo first non-league club to beat top flight opposition since Elgin beat here in 1966 yeah, it was on the telly last night well seen you didn't listen to the commentary <laughs> oh no that's always muted trust me well, you must have been playing me at that time no 1966 <laughs> Do you know what? Why he's really panicking tonight? He's worried that Mick is going to be considered Ayrshire's most se- successful oh, football no, manager. You could be, you could be team my statue, mate. Stuart Balfour's absolutely gone for you as well. Red card for Stuart. He's gone in two footed, studs up. Remember earlier on, we were talking about the goalie going to be an aeronautical engineer. Yeah. And we suggested that maybe you could do it. Stuart says, Gordon DL, an aeronautical engineer. Closest he got was being a model for Concord. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, big Stuart. (laughs) I liked it. I thought it was good. Anyway, uh, 01419511025. That's the number 
Uh, you need Andy's on the line, Andy. What did you make of it last night? Ah, oh, fantastic, great result. Um, I know Michael pretty well. How you doing, Mike? Uh, how's the gentleman? Um, I thought it was a good, uh, accomplished performance. Uh, I thought the, the way that uh, Darvo kept the ball when they won it. A lot of teams have been maybe just uh, quite keen to get it up the park as quickly as possible. But I think their, their composure uh, was, was uh, a big factor last night. And, and well done. It was really, really well deserved. I've got to say, however, uh, that um, if you know Michael well enough, I've known for his days at Colvo and played against him uh, many times. And, and obviously when I was at St. Rocks and all played against him. But Michael, the week before he went to Darvo, he spoke to me and set out what his plan was going to be. And I've got to be honest with you, he's fulfilled every obligation that he made. So, so well done. So always, I mean, beating Aberdeen's maybe, I don't know how, how part of the plan that was, Mick, but do you feel like it was all coming together? What What, what has that plan been like? It's changed since, because when I first agreed to go, there was no pyramid system. We were right. in the west, west of Scotland, it was all junior set up, and at that plan, the aspiration was to get to be the number one club in the country at that level, which was overtaking clubs like Auchinleck and Pollock. And the plan was to do that within three years, and we were done it within two. So, yeah, so, so that, that aspect of the plan mm-hmm. went well, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, Andy, you you obviously know the level well. It feels like one of those results, and put it this way, we're an hour and 15 minutes in, the calls are wall-to-wall, mixing the studio, that kind of tells its story. It feels like this means a lot to everybody in Scottish football who's who's enjoying the story, but people like yourself who know the level well, particularly interested in it. Yeah, definitely. Good. This is a point I've been wanting to raise, in the show. you know I call quite often, it's a point I've been wanting to raise in the show for a while, but it's never been really that topical, and it's really about... Just the, 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 the structure, and I know the pyramids are positive, but I think there's a cluster of really, really good teams who are sort of held back eh, because of the current structure. My, my, my point has always been that I think a, a review is necessary. We've got League 1 and League 2. I, I do believe there's a scope for a, a 3 and 4, maybe taking away the low in League, which is, which is a couple of teams that come through eh, that have competed. Kelty, Cove, I suppose Edinburgh City as well. But my, my point, I've, I'm, I know more about the West, obviously, and Mick mentioned Pollock, Clyde Bank. There's others who have no mentioned, who probably moan at me for, for no mentioning them, but they're certainly set up to be able to compete. I was at the Albion Rovers and Barn game a few weeks ago, but it was a good setup and a good game. But the truth is, it felt like a, a West of Scotland game. And I'm just I'm, I'm just thinking that if, if one team, like the Trinent and Darvel last year, both of them were in that lone league, both of them would have, uh, the Trinent are close to the top, I think Darvel would have been too. I just feel as if that uh, the impetus that the clubs have got in now, for, for, for these four teams that I mentioned, will take at least four years, eight years even for them all to get to League Two. I think there certainly should be a restructuring of Scottish football that allows those uh, those teams that have got the ambitions uh, to push forward. And, and even at the level below, I mean, Drumchapel obviously are in the same league as the club I'm involved with, and they're competing tomorrow. So I just feel as if it really is time uh, rather than just having talking shops, to look at the structure and allow for uh, those sort of uh, progressive teams. What do you make of that, Mick? Because it's, it's good work has been done. Is there, is there a lot more work to be done? I think so. Listen, the pyramid system doesn't properly flow just now. Just winning, teams are winning leagues and they're going to play off to get progression. Uh, in my, I don't think that's a fair, fair progression. It's a fair pyramid system. But the problem you've got is each independent levels govern themselves, so it's mm-hmm. very difficult to agree any sort of proper process where everybody buys into it because ultimately what happens is clubs look after their own interests yeah. leagues look after their own interests so until there's an overarching review and probably an independent review mm-hmm. that can be put in place then the reality is I think we'll always face these struggles mm-hmm. because what you see when the clubs drop out of League 2 into the Lone League 
they follow you into the abyss. There's, yeah. there's none of them who've went back up uh, instantaneously, and I, I think that'll probably continue because even in the lone league, there's some real strong competition in there. Uh, so uh, that, that that's the challenge. It's getting the clubs in the leagues to actually agree to free up and free down or whatever or automatic promotion relegation. It's so difficult. And there's been listen. There's been improvement there, but I remember growing up. You know, when I, when I was a football fan watching football and I'd look at League 2 every year and it'd be East Stirling bottom of the league for 10 years running and it's like, how can that be? Like, there's, there's got to be some scope of change and then you look, uh, Andy mentioned a couple of teams there, Cove, Kelty, Bonnie Rig, all these teams coming up, making an impact on the low league game going up and, and for me, and I, I don't mean this to sound disrespectful because it's not, but and, and Mick certainly won't want to admit this being a part of it, but if they will go on and win the league and they play the Highland League winners, that's the playoff for me to get into League 2 because see whoever wins that and they play the bottom of the league of League 2 the, the League 2 team are severe underdogs uh, I don't think mm. people underestimate how, how good the quality is in some of these uh, Western Scotland do you, do, teams Is there any chance though of, of significant change anytime soon? Because as you say for, for me I, I don't have a you know I don't have a, a sort of bias at any of these levels. What I keep seeing is the Lowland League wanting more access to the SPFL, but then I see people below the Lowland League saying, well, you've got some cheat because we want more access to you, and then down and down we go. So how how difficult is it going to be? Well, that's the issue. The, the Lowland League want, obviously, League 2 to open up and have automatic promotion relegation, but they, they won't put that in pl- place themselves. So until you implement the change, I don't really think you can drive change forward. So that, that's always a challenge. I do believe there's a review going on at the moment people I speak to in the game all levels it looks like there's a, a league free coming at some point maybe you know, this summer about the following mm-hmm. year that will incorporate the looks of the B teams and some teams for Lone League and potentially Highland to create that structure underneath and give maybe some of the teams drop them down from League, away, league to a little buffer there's certainly change, change coming I think that you'll start to hear the details of that I would imagine pretty soon I feel like we could do a whole show on that so maybe we will at some point um, thanks to Andy for bringing it up and Mick for his insight I feel like we need to go further there and but we're Spinning a few plates, so thanks to Andy. Let's do one more before this break and we'll let Mick get on his way. James uh, is on the line. How's it going, James? Not bad at all, Gordon. Uh, how you doing, Mike? I grew up with, with Mick and the Calton. And, uh, you done, uh... Tell you what, is this Mick's phone book? Phone incredible. Incredible. <laughs> Unbelievable. You can show this is your bad, life. Yeah. Uh, he done a, a week on the release then, proud last night. Uh, my point basically was congratulations to Michael. This is not only did they beat Aberdeen, they, they, they played. Played football, I think a lot of people said they've returned with junior football who think it's just a kick and rush game. Uh, but the park is mainly my big thing. I'm a Rangers supporter. We played Aberdeen in the semi final last week on what was a kind of ploughed field. So, how can Darwell, who've obviously invested heavily into the facilities there, how can they produce such a good playing surface when we've got three plastic pitches or two plastic pitches in the top flight? And some of the, that was better than some of the, the Premier League uh, stadiums that we go to. Yeah, I've seen this a lot, Mike. I mean, look, you, you need investment to get a good pitch. I'm sure the Hamden pitch has had investment. I mean, it has, and it, and it didn't stand up to it for whatever reason. So, um, what's the secret? Look, we've obviously had a degree of investment, nowhere near the degree that Hamden would have. I just don't think playing on a, on a pitch to, within 24 years, two games in yeah. January in this country makes any sense. I thought it was a ridiculous mm-hmm. decision. Even the pitches all stand up to Birmingham, it did. But the reality is, I just I don't think that should ever happen mm-hmm. in January. You know the weather conditions are going to come. And listen, it's unfair on either the teams that have got to play in the conditions. What actually does from a perspective, from a spectator's point of view, is it actually spoils the occasion because it's listen, it's, it's it's not a good recognition of the brand and the level of football in this country. It was it, was, it had a real impact on the game, a Rangers and Aberdeen game. How important was 
that side of things you know because when we think about football investment you think primarily about players basically um, and I know Darvel are well backed but still if you had gone for a cheaper pitch or a pit, you know that might have been more money that could have gone into your, your playing budget so how important is it to strike that balance? It's a real balance because I think if we had invested that money at the playing squad rather than infrastructure the reality is we would probably attract a different calibre player certainly in the early stages but it was important from our perspective we wanted to build a sustainable project that people believed had a chance to progress that we had to invest in both simultaneously and, and ultimately that's what we've done and I think we've bared the fruit of that you see that last night the surface is mm-hmm. exceptional for our level of football for any level of football it's probably one of the best playing surfaces in the country Yeah, before we let you go then what was the celebrations like last night? What did you allow? It was okay actually Well it was okay until I left <laughs> And then you don't know what happened Yeah after that <laughs> We went out of town for a couple of hours And the lads yeah, Partied on down I left So I don't know where they are you know, I would imagine someone was still about To be honest with you <laughs> And back training Back training Thursday Thursday round right the, So a couple of days we'll Round the troops up We need to go around Glasgow I think You're, <laughs> four rails, round them up. you're not heard of any casualties No no, casu- no casualties yet But I'm sure there'll be one or two Would you usually Are you the type that keeps an eye out I'm usually out with them to be fair. Ah, well, exactly. <laughs> so, and I, is that not to burst the bubble because you guys deserve to celebrate? But is there a serious job now about right? You know that was good, but back to business. Hundred percent. New focus back at back in on Thursday. We need to analyse the game. There was still aspects of it that, that watching it, I wasn't happy with. Well, uh, so I'll analyse that tomorrow. Like sure. what? I just thought there was probably times where I thought we could have controlled the game better, played a wee bit more braver at certain times, building out. So I think that's stuff we need to look at in terms of what the rotation was like to get us out and stuff like that. So that's stuff we need to analyse. I'm sure the boys will be looking forward to that on Thursday when I start putting the bones out of it. High <laughs> so, standards. High right. standards. And uh, full belief, I guess, that you can do it again in the next round. Full belief. Yeah, same belief we had against Aberdeen, same, same belief we have every other week. So no, but I'm looking forward to that game as well. I'm sure we'll put, make a good account of ourselves. Brilliant. Anything you two would like to add? No, I'd just like to congratulate him, uh, thank him for coming in tonight, he's obviously been a very popular guy, and uh, we'll be wishing you all the very best in the next round, mate, and uh, you deserve every bit of success that you're getting in credit just now. Yeah, if you're struggling to find your players before Thursday's training session, I'd phone the local dialer booth, I'm sure they'll know where they are. <laughs> uh, thanks again to Mick Kennedy, so 01419511025, we'll let him get away, he's had a busy day and a bit, and we'll take more of your calls. If you want to change the subject, you're more than welcome to. Let's do it next. Taking your calls on Scottish football, 01419511025, this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Gordon Diel and Andy Halliday are here It's 01419511025 Do you two realise you're on half a fee tonight? Because you just yeah. sat back And Mick Kennedy was the was the star of the show He's got a lot of pals now, eh? Popular guy Do you think that was all them that phoned in? Yeah, I bet he's lined that up phoned Think so? Aye, he's phoned all his Bum me up Aye, aye, phone in Andy Halliday's had the worst news He's had the text during the break oh, To no. say that there's no water in his flat have you seen this? There's a burst water main or something. He's he's struggling. Mm-hmm. Worse than that, he says he's been out all day and he's not had a shower. I thought so. I could. I thought and the one I used was Ambuffin. Um, <laughs> how desperate would you need to be to go and use the f- shower in Gordon Dale's flat? Like I mean, days. I've not had a shower for three weeks. Desperate, like let's see. Because I, <laughs> I, I would be some. I'd imagine you charging me two pound fifty a shower. Isn't I it? would put your towel over the radiator so it's nice oh, and warm no, and fluffy. Certain places nobody <laughs> wants to go. That would be one of them. I dread to think. <laughs> you really talcum powder. How often do you wash your towels? <laughs> I, f- I give them to my daughter and my sister. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right, Craig Mackey has got your full time teaser. 
uh, for tonight So let's have a look at this Can you name the last 10 non-Europeans To score a top flight hat-trick in Scotland? Well that's tough Can you name the last 10 non-Europeans To score a top flight hat-trick in Scotland? It's got to go with Kyogo to start isn't it? Yeah an easy one The Dundee United game Okay Give me one name to kick us off, Gordon. Um My Aider's not. Um That's tough, by the way. Hmm? That's tough. Tom Rogic? Nope. Oh, I've, oh Scott Arfield scored the hat trick. He did. Ah, your main man again. Yeah, yeah, twice. Canadian. Okay, we'll leave it there. Kyogo and Arfield, can you name the last ten non-Europeans? To score a top flight hat trick in Scotland Thank you to Craig Mackey uh, For sending that one in And if you like the sound of that If you think you could come up with a question And stump the pundits uh, The address you need is Fulltime at Clyde1.com Fulltime at Clyde1.com Let's hear from Todd Cantwell Shall we? Um, not that we need any reason to, to or, or sort of proof to underline How big the Darville story is But see Rangers or Celtic make a sign And and they do their first press conference It's not often we'd wait to half seven that night To to hear from them So um, you can blame Darvel for causing a big upset last night Uh, But here's Todd Cantwell He says he's ready to leave some scars behind And kickstart his career at Rangers And he's looking forward to proving some people wrong After a tough few years Yeah it is I think I've got to take what I've done And and take that experience with me Um, Also you've got to leave some of the scars behind right? Because you can't move forward if... um, if you don't allow yourself to. So for me, I've learned a lot. I think I've got quite a good sort of catalogue of experience, really, in terms of good and bad over the last couple of years. And I think that will shape me into the player that I want to be viewed at, at now and, and in the years to come. You know, I think as a footballer, things aren't always going to go well for you. And I, I think my career started in a very promising and, and sort of satisfying way, really. I didn't really have too many um, challenges come my way. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of had them all come at once. Um, you know, obviously, listen, you guys probably are fully aware that things off the pitch can affect someone on the pitch, um, just like any normal person. Um, so, yeah, there, there's, there's been struggles. But, listen, everyone has struggles off the pitch and, and everyone has struggles in life. So, you know, I'm not here for a sub story. But, you know, I, I'm in a position now where I feel like I've got a mental strength towards, you know, a lot of things. Um, and I've got a chance to prove a lot of people wrong. Let's bring in Nadim, who's a Rangers fan. Nadim, um Clearly speaks well I think everyone could hear that What about when he takes to the field What are you hoping for What are you expecting Hi Gordon um, Yeah It's a shame back to you I was going to thank him For um, for having that result Over Aberdeen As a Rangers fan Any result over Aberdeen Is always good um, So but anyway yeah, go, go, Going on, on Todd Cantwell Yeah I'll say to the producer Earlier on that, yeah, yeah I'm really excited To see him You know I mean I think everybody Can see if you've looked Into his kind of career That he's maybe had some issues um, at previous clubs and things, but I think as, as a fresh start, you know, coming coming to Rangers, I think in terms of players that we've, we've bought in the past, we I mean, look at Aribo and, and maybe Bassi players that you maybe don't know a lot about. Um, at least you know what you're getting with with, with Cantwell. You know, you, um, he's, he's he's attacking midfield. He's he's obviously great with the ball. Makes great runs. He can score goals. So I'm really excited to see him. And, and as a, as a first signing for for Michael Beale. I think hopefully this is the start of things to come. I think we still need to make a few more signings, but if this is the calibre of player that we're getting in, then I think it's looking good. I'd never grudge anyone to be excited about a new signing, Andy, but at the same time, the list is as long as your arm. It's just so tough. It's so tough to tell guys that you think would be great that don't work and vice versa. Yeah, there's always a risk in uh, you know 
During the transfer window last year, I remember doing the show the night after Ahmed Diallo signed, and you know at that point in time, I thought that is that is the real profile that Rangers want a position, a problematic position at the time in terms of his attributes. Thought it was really going to add to the uh, to the team. It didn't quite work out like that. And listen, I seen a clip earlier on uh, an old Sky Sports News clip that Aston Villa would have to pay somewhere between forty and fifty yeah, million yeah. to get the signature of Todd Cantwell. So. He was a very, very highly rated prospect. He's, he's, his first year in the, uh, in the Premiership, he was excellent, scored some big goals. And his career's maybe stagnated uh, if, over the last couple of years. But listen, that's why Rangers have got him. And uh, one thing I will say is I, I do think it's the profile and the type of player I can really see developing and progressing under Michael Beale. I think he's got a lot, a lot of attributes that you'll love in a player. What do you mean by that? Because you obviously worked you know, with him. He just likes players of that calibre, sort of street players in a way, very technical, full of flair, creativity, want to get bums off seats, uh, seats in stadium, and then they sort of raw aspects that he feels he can develop as a coach. So I think he really, really fits that bill. And listen, it's a, it's an area of the pitch I think Rangers had to strengthen. That obviously they've got him in the door. They're already linked with a couple of others. Uh, the boy, I think it's Nicholas Raskin for uh, for Belgium being one. So. I certainly think it's a it's an area of the pitch that Rangers had to strengthen the field. I, I, I think it'll be an exciting time for Rangers in the fact that it's a, it's a Rangers manager's first signing, and um, you're you're obviously judged with your signings um, first window. Um, every Rangers fans were wanting fresh blood in, new faces. As Andy said, there he's done a lot of homework on them. Uh, something exciting. I like the fact that he's. 24, I think that's a good age that, and he's played games, he's got good experience behind him. It's a challenge coming up to Scottish football, of course it is because you never know how you're going to settle into it, but he's, um, I think that the Rangers fans mm. will be excited to see him. You heard from him there, Nadim, talking about, you know, off-field situations can impact players and, and everyone's got struggles and so on so he's not giving much away there, but obviously acknowledging it's been a a tough time. What makes you what makes you so confident this will be the environment for him to get back on track? Uh, I mean, I, I suppose that's a good question. I think a lot of that comes down to the manager himself, you know. Um, and and obviously he's signed. You know, Michael Beale's obviously spoke to him, and and he's he's kind of sold him the the, the Rangers dream. And and for him, I think you know he needs a fresh start. I think that's a big thing. He's he's admitted himself. He's maybe stagnated a bit down south, so. Need a fresh start. Michael Beals obviously likes him as a player and, and, and has been able to convince him that that this is the place to be. So I think, I mean, you, you see all over where players maybe go to a certain club, you know, and, and it just clicks for them. Um, so hopefully this can be exactly that. I just think he's a, he's a as Andy says, he's a really high profile player, and I think you know more more players of that caliber to come out would be fantastic. I just think you know him, him you know, going forward and, and playing you know up, up with the likes of. Um, you know uh, Ryan Kent and and Morelos and you know these players going forward. I, I just think it's going to be really, really, really good for Rangers and and for him. I mean, European football is a, a big, massive thing. So hopefully he can he can get his back to back to you know the kind of good days back back in Europe. Andy, how do you see him fitting into the Rangers team? You know who who plays alongside him? Who does this maybe spell the end for? What, how do you see the full midfield picture developing? I feel as if a set system hasn't really been developed yet at Rangers. I think they've sort of tweaked a couple of things, a couple of times, but putting the two up front, Sakala playing closer to Morelos, or you know, four in midfield, a diamond, a midfield three. But I think for the time being, I expect it to be a sort of high eight, similar to what uh, Malik Tillman's playing on the other side. And then I think you know, behind them will you know, realistically be a, you know, a Glenn Kamara, or a John Lundstrom, or a, or a Ryan Jack. But you know, I think you look at Rangers and you look at you know the two fullbacks specifically with Barisic and Tavernier out with that. 
you know, you're very heavily reliant on Ryan Kent in terms of assists and creating chances. So I think that's a profile that uh, suits Todd Campbell really well. So you can see that one defensive yeah. midfielder, if you like, rather yeah, than going two. back to sort of you know two high eights playing a lot closer at the striker because I think that's a big thing that Michael Beale referenced a lot of times is you know, getting people closer to Alfredo Morelos, getting more bodies in the mm. box. So I think that's where he'll where he'll play for the time being, at least. <laughs> New signings, it's like a magic thing happens. If they come in and and play well and the team wins, no one, no one really bothers about the overall picture. You know, see if you've got too many players or young players mm-hmm. don't get a chance. It, it does get lost. We have to admit that we're all fickle and winning becomes about the most important thing. I have seen tweets coming in asking us, is this the end for Alex Lowry? You know, can, can he fit in and with the arrival of Todd Cantwell? I know there are a couple out of contract as well in, in the midfield area. How do you see the that department developing going you know slightly longer term well the reason I thought they had to strengthen in that area of the pitch was I think in terms of the players that they've already got uh, playing there your your Glenn Kamara your Ryan Jackson and your John Lundstrom good players but sort of fit the same profile Dazzler's favourite Scott Arfield for me he's really the only Rangers midfielder that sort of plays close enough to the strikers runs in behind Malik Tillman does it at times but again someone that likes to have the ball to feet and sort of create their chances so I think it was more in terms of the profile of the midfielder uh, sort of changing in terms of what they've already got and no, it's difficult to say I, for me Alex Lowry came on for 10 minutes against St Johnson played the pass of the match he, he, he's clearly a kid with a lot of ability um, probably surprised he's not had as many opportunities mm. this season as he's had uh, and then that being said I thought maybe it was time for him to go on loan from now to the end of the season to get a run of games Seems as if Michael Beale sort of shot that, uh, mm. shot that down a couple Charlie of weeks McCann's ago. So left day, hasn't Charlie he? McCann's now left, so I don't know. I, I, I do hope there is a pathway for him, because for me, he's, a, he's I, got I, a lot of I, I think it's how you manage it, Andy. If you look over the, the city and you look at Postacoglu, what he's yeah. got at his disposal, we talk about a guy with terrific talent like David Turnbull, for instance. Now, you would think, how many games is he going to get? How many games he's played? He's played something like 24, 25 games this season. You know, so it's how you manage the squad. I always think there's room there because if you're Rangers and you're Celtic, you're in the cup ties, you've got league games, you've obviously European games last year. So there's a lot, a lot of games out there. And I always think there's an opportunity. And I'm like you, I like to see young, grown talent coming through. Thank you, Nadimo141951025. We're asking you on the teaser if you could name the last 10 non Europeans, wasn't it, to score a hat trick in the Scottish top flight? You've got. <laughs> Kyogo and Arfield <laughs> Roof What's he done? What are you laughing? What's I'll let him answer the good one first Then the next no, one no. Uh-huh. Roof Yeah well Go done. say the other one that you just whispered Sakala Oh Sakala What oh, did you think he I said? thought he said Abada He's Abba. European Sakala yeah. yes Yeah What yeah. did you think I, said? I thought Abada. he said Abada Okay uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to guess someone far back So we can get a sort of scope of where this right. is So I'll start with Kinija Which is very long time Yes. Lost, right, so we're going right back. Okay, we'll get the rest of the answers next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One, Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday, Gordon DL, both here, both waiting for your calls. If you want to get in touch, you can tweet as well at Clyde SSB. We've got a full time teaser up and running for them, which is the last 10 non Europeans to score a top flight hat trick. In Scotland, it's a good question. You've that got Sakala, Ruth, Kyogo, Arfield, so some recent ones, and then Kinija. 
You've got a bit to fill out in between We went for Boyle But that's a cut Patrick Can't see Martin Boyle Australian international Nope Matt Viduka No But Just a touch too far I would say I, In fact I don't even know If he did score one I've not checked But right, Can I go for a couple more recent then? Have an early go Is that your no. more recent one? Yeah No Mark Antoine Fortuny No Henri Camara No Stinker on it What about um, The American boy at Celtic His dad was uh, We are No Struggling Federico Nieto No 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 Demarcus Beasley Right You give up Leave it to Leave it to the master here Doyling You're not done with Australia You're not done with um, The The boy that No Oh I know Yep De Vries Mark De Vries See, no, he's, he's not Australian, but he, he's right though. He's right. Yeah. Ah, there you go. Right, wait, he played, wait a minute, he from he played for Suriname, I think, oh, internationally. So. Hearts, there you go. We'll give you. It. Okay. Where's the boy McLaren from? She knows Jamie Australia. McLaren. Yeah. Oh, I, was I was playing. I was playing. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> it's got the hand <laughs> it's, it's, me, it's his fault. All right. Five each. Well done. Is that as finished with the Australians? You've got three to get. Listen, we'll get a, them. I tell you what, does that's a great show. We'll get them before the end. Uh, of the show I was flicking through Twitter uh, Earlier on Andy And I noticed your 40 year old goalkeeper Who's just had a double leg break One month ago Is on the leg press machine In the gym Incredible Is he superhuman or what? What's going on? Has to be I I, I remember um, This must have been Even 10 days ago now uh, I mean he's Like you said He's just suffered, suffered A double leg break I'd expect him to be in a moon But for about 5 months I can't months. actually believe that I remember uh, Walking into the physio room Maybe 10 days 2 weeks ago and he's walking about the physio room and, and that way you winced because you, you know he's just had a double leg but you're like why are you putting weight on that leg and he's like I'm not, I feel fine and then that's amazing mm-hmm. uh, over the coming days I've seen him on the bike <laughs> on a walk bike doing a spin and a leg press of incredible really Sander Clark's going hold on a minute <laughs> 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 take it easy what's happening I was just enjoying my, my run in the team that's, that's amazing isn't it defies logic that's, I don't understand that's that. terrific willpower just to get back um, playing just to get the recovery because Andy's right you know some people are months and months and months with that he's back he's working on it okay he's under instructions obviously of good people around about him but he certainly sounds determined that he's he's got to get back as quickly as he possibly humanly can and what about yourself can you educate us here I don't know how much of your medical history you're able to divulge on here so feel free to leave out whatever you need to but I noticed you were out Concussion protocols, but was that two, yeah. ga- two games in a row? We didn't see you last week. No, as well. what's um, how does it work? Suffered the concussion of the first time, um, and the uh, can't even there you go. Concussion, can't even remember the game, but uh, obviously, <laughs> they know you see it. So it's, it's not a joke, the first, it's not a funny no, subject. The first one was, uh, I'd say more frustrating because you no, know, never really had any side effects, never really had any symptoms, uh, but of course. You, you can't the, blame anyone. You follow the protocol. And what is the so protocol, protocol at that hand. point? Six days. Um, you know, you do twenty-four hours at one stage. So, for example, on the bike for twenty-four hours. If there's no sort of effects of that, you move on to the next stage, which is jogging on field, and then the next stage is sort of ball work. Obviously, building your way back up. And yeah, like I said, no side effects. Felt felt really good. So you so came back myself, and played six days later. Yeah, played played the next game. Suffered another concussion, uh, and then you know, knew myself. It was certainly more serious. Uh, you know, had. No effects for the sort of coming four or five days. Um, and then you look at Peter Haring, who's been out for four months with a concussion, and then you see, I don't know, this isn't this is no joke. Obviously, you need to take this seriously. Uh, you know, thankfully, you know, going into maybe th- 
Friday there so Fridays after the game started to feel a lot better a lot more normal uh, so tomorrow you know starting to up the sort of cardio stuff work my way back and hopefully back soon and so if you get a, concu- a second concussion in such quick succession the protocol's then, longer so yeah. you then need to sit long so you don't need to do six days again do you need to do more than that it's 48 hours before you move on to the next day right. so, it's, so it's 12 days uh, so thank, thankfully I'm a few days into that now which mm. is good so I certainly feel, listen I feel a lot better I feel on the mend is um, that time training or playing 12 days yeah full training Right, okay. You can't, you can't train. Yeah. Uh, well, six days for the protocol, you you, you don't train to the six day protocols back. Yeah. Uh, you know, you look at how how serious you know Scottish football is taking it now with the yeah. heading law. Yeah. Obviously, you can only head the ball once a week um, in terms of a specific drill. Uh, and like I said, it sort of gets taken out of your hands with, with the doctors and that. And listen, quite rightly so. Like I said, Peter Haring, obviously a teammate of mine, uh, not being able to train for four months. So, you, you, like I said, you know how serious it is. Teams flying high though. Yeah, listen, really good. Uh, and I, listen, I, I can't sit and say I'm surprised because I know how much quality we've got, uh, we've got in the squad. And and listen, it's, we've never used it an excuse, and we never will. But I mean, the the injuries we had uh, certainly in the first sort of two or three months of the season was borderline ridiculous. It's something I've never seen before. Um, and you know, we're talking about Craig Gordon broken leg, Craig Calcutt crush it, Liam Boys crush it, Benny Beningame crush it. You know, it's not boys. Tearing a, a hamstring and been out for two or three weeks. It's serious injuries, so we've missed a lot of key players and key areas of the pitch. But it just shows you the you know the the depth we've got in the squad. I think we've strengthened in January really really well. I think the three boys that have came in are all going to make good impacts, uh, and obviously starting to filter bodies back as well. So but you've got to say your standing skipper really stood up to everything, hasn't he? Banging yeah, in the and goals, listen, brilliant. I I'll pull my hands up. Um, I knew he was a good player. Don't get me wrong. He's in the Scotland squad. Scored mm. a barrel load of goals at Dundee United. Went away, but. I think even I can admit I, I really underestimated how much quality he's actually got. His link up plays different class, it really is, because he's not the biggest, he's not mm-hmm. the most physical, but his hold up plays excellent. And then, listen, if you give him a chance and around the box, chances are he's going to score. Uh, yeah, it's been been quite a weekend on that front. Of course, the romance of the cup. We said that Friday night, Andy, we were trying to really hammer home the romance, and uh, Drumchapel were on their way up to Elgin. We had the co manager on the phone, they were on the bus, they were going up, they were staying over. And then the game was off the next morning. The bus was late because some of the players got punctures on the way to meet the bus. And then, of course, the game was off. So they try again tonight. Now, look, let's be honest. It's going to take a lot to to tackle last night because Elgin ain't Aberdeen. Mm -hmm. Drumchapel, for those who keep a tab on these things, are actually a tier below Darvel. So we're still, you know, it still would be absolutely incredible. They got past um, FC Edinburgh to get here. Can they do it as well? They can, no doubt. Uh, I think it will be a tougher test. I think if Drumchapel were at home, I'd make them favourites going into the game. I really would. But I think that journey up to Elgin, uh, Elgin's always had a, always had a, a good home record over the last few years. I think you know they don't travel quite as well. And and Drumchapel are actually in my wee brother's league now, so I've actually watched them a couple of uh, times this year. Obviously, David Templeton's there. He's playing uh, tonight. Yep. Yeah, playing tonight. Somebody that's obviously we know has quality. So they've got players. I, I do. Th- I, I definitely sense a very very tight game. Uh, if Dumchapel were at home I'd, I'd give them the edge but I can see this one going all the way I'm going to predict penalties well, well, and you know what be... do you know what they're <laughs> <laughs> getting home in Thursday I think, morning I think Dumchapel could still edge it forget that Linlithgow Rose versus Wraith Rovers to set up what would be 
Yes. The Gordon DL Derby. Motherwell, Motherwell waiting in the next oh, round. I'm, l- I'm looking forward How to it. How excited were you when you saw yeah, the draw? I'm very excited and I know that Wraith Rovers were down there yesterday training on the pitch, Gordon. Um, <clears throat> so they know how difficult tonight's going to be. I'll be a hard game. Surely you're a shoe in for like the half time draw or something when, when <sighs> if Wraith play Motherwell. Mascot, anything. I should be everything. Oh, selling the pies, play a half for each team. Half for each team, yeah. I can see it now. Well, you never know. Lithgow's might have other ideas, but that's what why, that's what potentially. I wonder who else is struggling for water in the house. It must be everywhere. Oh, right, you're <laughs> back to that. Aren't <laughs> we? I, I, I'm just reading the post. I was reading the podcast. Producer Michael's not happy. His is he's struggling. Oh, there we go. You read out the lengthy list of postcodes there, and I was just waiting in mine, but mine it was is G2 not on all the way up to about G50 something, <laughs> so I'd imagine a lot of people are affected. Uh, G5, he's not happy, right? Well, we wish you all well who ever doesn't have water, and if anyone does and wants to give Andy Halliday a bath, there's a sentence I never thought oh. I would say. Uh, you can feel free to get in touch. Um, moving swiftly on, how are you doing in this teaser? We're looking for uh, is it three honestly, more? there's, there's one what? we've missed out an absolute tapping. You got it. He must be in the top five all time SPL top scorers. Yeah, I think so. And I he played for Motherwell. Yes, and somebody else in Glasgow. I'm, I'm trying to get up for you here. Come on, Aussie. You're joking me. No, my no, bad. Put him out of his misery. Scott McDonald. Scott, Scott McDonald. Well done. Yes. Shocker, okay. we've missed that. Um, okay. 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 Are you asking for another? Is it two more? two more? Two more. Yeah, I'm struggling, mate. I'm I'm all out here. I don't know if this guy would have done it, but Chris Killen. No. Right, this guy definitely has. Who was the first Japanese player at Celtic? He's going to say Kyogo. He's picked your oh, wrong. Come on, for the striking days. Nakamura. Yes, I love this teamwork from you two. The last one. There's one more. Yeah. No. Rangers player One of those uh, uh, Maybe born in England I'm not sure But represented Nigeria Do you want Remo? No before that Come back a little bit Further I'll give you a good bit further Moses No 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 no. no. <laughs> I think I was at the game working Not that that's going to help you uh, St Johnson away I think it was the oh, last yeah. game Of Got the it. 2012 Got season So Got you know it. what happened thereafter Sonny Aluko Sonny Aluko Well done Thank you Andy Halliday Thank you Gordon Diel Another special thanks To Darvel boss Mick Kennedy For joining us That was something A bit different tonight I really enjoyed it We're back tomorrow With Marvin Bartley And Simon Donnelly And Callum Gallagher Is up next